right now and take your Bibles and we're going to start off reading in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. I want you to try to use your imagination a little bit this morning. You know, Have you ever read a story in the Bible and thought to yourself, what if this story took place in modern day? You know, what if in today's environment and today's uh, climate, if this story that we're about to look at, if this happened in America today, I think it's real easy to picture what would happen. And so I want us to read this story, and then I want you to try to imagine this in modern day. And I'm going to talk about what I believe would happen, and then uh, there's a message that we need to get from this because you know what's happened. We've gotten so programmed by you know the world, by the news media, the education system. We're so politically correct anymore that we can't tell the truth. And we can't tell the truth without looking bad and getting in a lot of trouble. And sadly, many people are trying to, they're doing all they can to try to make Christianity seem hip, making Christianity seem, you know, like it's this great thing that the world would like. You know, you all would like us. If you got to know us, and they're trying, it's like they're trying to be cool and hip with the world, but the truth is, the world is always going to hate the things of God. They're always going to hate the Word of God. They hated Christ. They killed Him. And Jesus warned us that you're going to be hated. And too many Christians are trying too hard to be likable. And unfortunately, if you're going to be likable in the world today, you have to lie. Okay? You, you can't tell the truth. That's just the way it is. And I want us to, because the truth has never changed. Okay? Truth is truth. No matter what, no matter what time era we're in, no matter what country we're in, truth is truth. And I want to try to illustrate some things with this story. But Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Did you all see that right there? Did you hear what he just called this woman? He just called her a dog. Now I know in America today that's cool, you know, like what's up, dog, you know, that's a that's a compliment. But back then it wasn't. In that culture, you know, a dog it was a, it was a filthy, it was an unclean animal. It still is a filthy, unclean animal. But you know, back then they didn't have pets. You know, dogs as pets. They they were uh, they were gross animals, and that was an insult. Okay, being called a dog, it was it was it was it was mean. It wasn't nice. Verse twenty seven, and then she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So right here we see a wonderful story of a miracle that Jesus did. And this woman, it mentions that she's from Cana, but if you look in Mark chapter seven, verse twenty six, it mentions that she was a Greek, a Syrophoenician. Okay, that was her, uh, by nation. That's where she was from. And so, having said all that, okay, what do you all think would happen today if, let's say, Jesus was in America and we have a woman from another nation, another country, 
let's call her an immigrant, you could say, and she came to Jesus and she's like, no, I'm only here for Americans. I'm not going to take what belongs to them and give it to dogs. Well, what do you all think would happen if he said that? I mean, it was, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not going to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. You know, in, in our, in, I, I know exactly what would happen. Okay, I've watched news enough. Okay, where I work, they've got CNN on all the time, and I can just see the headline right now. Right there, the headline is going to say, "Jesus is racist?" Question mark. That's what they would. That's what they would put. They always do that on their headlines. They'll make these terrible statements about somebody, but they put a question mark. So they're not really saying it, but it's putting it in people's head. You know, Jesus is racist, and they're going to have this discussion. You know, you know, breaking news. You know, Jesus refuses to help immigrant. Calls her a dog. Is Jesus? Are racist. You know, they'd get Anderson Cooper. I can picture him on there. Whenever he does his serious stories, he always wears his glasses and does the eyebrows thing that make him look real compassionate, real, real concerned. You know, and they'd have him on there. And you know, you know, do you really think this was something he should have said? Is it right? You know, do you know? Do Christians believe it's okay to you know call people from other nations dogs? I mean, we see that your leader just said that very thing about this woman. You know, is Jesus a racist? Is it? A, people are calling him racist. You know. Uh, Al Sharpton tweeted that Jesus is a racist. You know, is that fair to call him? Then they'd have these discussions on there. Everybody'd be going nuts. I mean, uh, one of the headlines would probably say, you know, be in the New York Times: "The Messiah in quotation marks calls poor immigrant woman a dog." That, that'd be the headlines. That's what everybody'd be throwing a fit about. You know, somebody would have captured this on their cell phone, and it would have gone viral on YouTube immediately. You know, with everybody seeing Jesus calling this poor immigrant a dog. I mean, everybody's going to be going nuts. The comments would be going crazy on there. You know, we maybe the headline would say Jesus advances Jewish supremacy. <laughs> maybe you know, they put a question mark on there too. Maybe it would say Jesus hogs all the bread from starving immigrant woman begging for crumbs. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's how, how they would how they would have portrayed it. We know it would have been it would have been very twisted. You know, I can just see all their faces. You know, I could see Anderson Cooper. He's asking. You know, maybe he gets one of Jesus' disciples on there. He gets Peter on there. This is just a fair question. You know, after what he said about this woman, but is Jesus a Jewish Hitler? Calling calling this woman a dog. You know what's going on here? You know, Rachel Maddow. I can just picture her on there. She's interviewing, you know, another. She gets another sad-faced Syrophoenician woman on there. Have you ever seen these people? Whenever somebody's been insulted, somebody said something about somebody in the news, they get these people on there. When they first show them, they all have that sad look in their face. You know, nobody's on there smiling and look. They all, you know, they all got to have that look on their face. It's it's ridiculous. I just watched one this week. They had these people on there, and when it first showed them, they're introducing them. They're all sitting there just. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I thought this stuff is so fake. But they do. They have this. They they find somebody else, you know, that's a, that's a Greek, a Syrophoenician, a woman. How do you feel about those remarks? How did that make you feel when you heard what Jesus called this woman? You know, he insulted all Syrophoenician women. You know, Jesus hates women. Jesus hates Syrophoenicians. You know that's you know that's what they would say, even though we see in the story that Jesus did give the woman what she wanted. Everybody's going to want to talk about what he said. You know, how, how, did you feel insulted by these inflammatory remarks? 
You know, we, we see this stuff all the time. This is exactly what would happen if this story would happen today. Protests would erupt all over the country with people rioting. You know, holding up signs, hashtag Syrophoenician Lives Matter. You know, we can just picture it all right now. It'd be going nuts. And if this story would have taken place in 2016, after all the fallout that would have occurred, after the explosion on social media, okay, just picture this, alright? It happened today and you've been asked to come on MSNBC. You've been asked to go on there and you're supposed to stick up for Jesus. You're going to sit down in the studio with Rachel Maddow, Chris Matthews, and Al Sharpton, and you're going to sit on there with all three of those horrible people, and they're going to ask you your opinion on Jesus' inflammatory words. What would you say about that? What would you say? You know, could. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be absolutely right too. And I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they could get me in that place. I'd, pro- I'd probably lose it and just start throwing things. But you know what? You know, we ought to think about these things sometimes because you know we do. We see Christians getting questioned all the time. And you, listen, if this, if something like this happened today, they wouldn't have got Jesus' disciples on there. They wouldn't have got some you know Baptist preacher who tells it like it is on there. You know who they always get? They always get some pink shirt wearing, you know, limp wristed. You know, preacher, you know, so-called preacher that gets on there. Oh, I, you know, I, I think y'all are misunderstanding what he said. Jesus doesn't think people are dogs. Uh, you know, he called her a dog. What's going on? You know, you know, the, the, you know, no, gee, you know, he loves everybody. You know, he's not, he's not a racist, bigoted, homophobe. You know, he, he, he's for every, he's for everything. It's, it's all good. You know, they, they dash Joel Osteen on there. You know, that, that's the kind of person they're going to get. On there, but you know, here's the thing. Something we ought to realize about this disturbing story that we see. What do we have to say about these inflammatory marks that Jesus made? Because you know, there's some things that we need to learn from these things, and there's really some good doctrine in here too. In fact, um, we might touch at this a little bit, but a lot of people they take that verse where Jesus said, "I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel," and they they take that verse to make it mean a lot, you know, to teach a lot of doctrine that is absolutely false, that's not true at all. Because a lot of people, they, act, they, they try to teach us this thing that Jesus came to earth just for the Jews. But we see in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But Jesus did say that there. He's, I'm, I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There was something He was trying to teach there. We're going we're gonna to hopefully cover all that for you. But first thing... You know, if I was asked, what do you have to say about Jesus calling this woman a dog? Well, the first thing I would say is, she was a dog. Uh, you know, what? You're, you're gonna say, you know, you call the woman a dog? You're against all women, aren't you? You know, you think all women are dogs? You know, it's funny how if you insult one person from any group, you're against that whole group. That's just the way it is today. You know, you salt, you say something bad about a specific woman, you hate all women. You say something about a certain minority, you're against all... It's just ridiculous. People are so sensitive today. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, why would we say she's a dog? Well, here's, here's why. We know that she was a Greek, a Syrophoenician, by nation, and therefore we know, we can, we can safely assume, and you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to stereotype, you're not supposed to just safely assume things, but you know what? It works, okay? You can do this. She would have been an idol worshiper. 
This woman was from a nation where they worshipped idols. The work of man's hands. Now we know we could go on and on throughout the Bible and see what the Bible says about idol worshippers. It says they have eyes, but they see not. Ears, but they hear not. And you know what? It says they, those who worship them, are like unto them too. The Bible has nothing good to say about idol worshippers. She was an idol worshipper. She had no morals. Okay? The Greeks were a very wicked, immoral people. And I think it's safe to assume she didn't have any morals either. She had a daughter that was possessed. Okay, now I know if you watch a lot of Hollywood movies, you think that possession is something that just happens to people. That you know, some demon just sees somebody and decides to jump in them and take over, and and they're completely innocent. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it happens. People who are demon possessed. Okay, it didn't just happen one day. They weren't just walking down the street and a demon decided to jump into their body. No, it happened because they got involved in all kinds of wickedness. They got involved in all kinds of satanic things. They did terrible, immoral things and they got possessed through a whole bunch of wickedness. This was not a good family. She had a daughter that was possessed with a devil. Okay, And calling them dogs, I mean, you know, I think it's appropriate. Are we supposed to go around calling people dogs? No. I'm not going to go around doing that. But let me tell you something. Jesus had every right to do that. Jesus was absolutely right in what He said. Galatians 2, verse 7. It says, "...but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto Me, and the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in Me." Toward the Gentiles. I'm going to show you something here. This woman, she was a Greek. She was a Gentile. And the Bible, many times when it uses the word Gentile, sometimes in the exact same way, in the exact same context, it uses the word heathen. Okay? And we all know heathen is not a good thing. Verse 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they had to meet, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they ended the circumcision. Right before it was calling them the Gentiles, but here it's calling them the heathen. Same thing. Gentiles, heathen, same thing. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. We see in the Bible that you know, Gentiles and heathen, they are used simultaneously. It's the same thing. This woman was a heathen she was a dog. She was not one of God's people. And you know what? We've just got this attitude, especially in our generation today, we have an attitude of entitlement. Okay? And that is, a, it's horrible in this generation. We have it today like we never have. This generation, you know, we've grown up being told that everyone's a winner. We've been, you know, we've grown up being told everyone deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to be prosperous. Everybody deserves to get what they want. We've been told you can do anything. You can be anything. You can do whatever you want and there should be no consequences for it. And you know what? Those who speak the truth and shine a light on this delusional attitude, you get called every name in the book. And let me tell you something, there are bad people. There are heathens. There are dogs. Boy, you're sounding awful, you know, sound awful mean here. You're sounding awful pious. You're sounding awful pompous. Well, let me tell you something. I can say that. You know why? Because I used to be a Gentile. I used to be a heathen. I wasn't, I wasn't born saved. I might have got saved at a young age, but I was once an unbeliever. So you know what? I can say all this stuff. 
you know, it's like there's certain racial terms we're not supposed to use unless you're of that race. You know, then they're allowed to say it. Well, guess what? I can say all I want to against heathens and against Gentiles. You know, because I used to be one. I'm not any. I'm not anymore. But I used to be. And so, uh, don't anybody think I'm racist? But yeah, she was exactly what Jesus said. And you know what? Jesus, when he said that, he was saying that because before she could be blessed, before he could help her, she needed to understand her place. And that's what I'm talking about today is understanding our place. She was a sinner. And you know, I know that's an, that's an offensive statement, but you know what? Sometimes, said, so, you know, these churches that are trying to make, you know, Christianity hip and cool and all that kind of stuff, you know, you can kind of get away with telling people they're sinners today because, oh, we're all sinners. You know, that's a, like, you think this person's a sinner. Oh, yeah, they're sinners, but we're all sinners. We're all sinners. You know, like, please, please, don't, you know, don't get mad at me. And you can say, it's, you're fine with making those general statements, but when you start getting specific, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah, she's a sinner, you know, because she worships false gods. Or are you saying your religion is better than hers? I'm saying her religion is wrong. It's wicked. She worships idols. They have no morals. It's like that in our country today. Our country has no morals. We got people shacking up all over the place, fooling around, fornication, adultery, you know, homosexuality running rampant in this country. We've got STDs going all over the place. It's absolutely disgusting. And you know what? You can get away with saying, you know, we're all sinners, but when you start talking about the certain sins and naming them, you get mad. But listen, how can we teach people that they're sinners if we don't let them know what sin is? If we don't talk about them, if we don't name them, if we don't read the Scriptures, if we don't teach what the Bible says about them and what the penalties should be for those things, we see that she was undeserving. She, she was not entitled to the blessings of God. She was not entitled to get her daughter healed. She was undeserving. She was also asking for a really big thing. Hey, that's the other thing we don't understand in this country too. You know, everybody... They're all you know debating about this immigration stuff, and you know should we just let anybody come into our country? And listen, I'm not as closed borders as a guy maybe like Donald Trump, but let me tell you something. A lot of these times when we're saying we just need to let everybody come in, that also means let whoever wants to come in, and oh, they deserve free health care, free food, free welfare. Do you realize how hard that is? That we are not capable of that. And people have no right to ask that. Okay, I have no right to just come walking into your house and saying, you know what? I'm hungry. Feed me. I'm, you know what? I'm sick. Pay for my doctor's bill. My clothes are kind of old. Get me new clothes. And just start demanding things from you. I have no right to do that. And you aren't obligated to give me those things. If you want to, you can. But if you want to, you can throw me out. And you can throw me out if, just because you don't like my attitude. There's been people before that I've not helped just because I didn't like their attitude. When people call me up, people call the church all the time asking for money. And when they do, when they act entitled, when they act like you know we're obligated, there is no way they're getting a dollar from me. There is absolutely no way. I have had people chew me out because I refuse to give them money. Why are you entitled to my money? Why are you entitled to our church's money? Have you ever visited this church before? We have never seen you before. This is the Liberty Baptist Church, not the Liberty Bank. 
I think sometimes they get us mixed up with that Freedom Bank there in town. Freedom, Liberty, and I don't know if they're trying to call it a bank, but they want money. And they feel entitled to it. And especially if you would help somebody else and then you don't help them, I mean, how dare you? I mean, look at Jesus. He's going all over the place and He's healing all these Jews. He's casting devils out of the Jews, but He doesn't want to help the Greek lady. That's terrible. He has to help me. That's racist. He doesn't have to do anything. Nobody is entitled. And she was. She was asking a big thing. She was a sinner. And you know what? We've got to let people know. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. People have this attitude, we deserve heaven. We have a right. that No, we do not deserve to go to heaven. We cannot deserve to go to heaven. We, you know, we, are, we are all undeserving. It says in Ephesians 2.4, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. We see that the reason God was able to save us, us heathen, is because He was rich in mercy. He had the ability to do that. didn't have to do it. But thank God he did have the ability. He did have he he did have the riches to be able to do that. We see in Hebrews chapter twelve and verse one it says, "Wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross." despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. He's using this passage here to tell us, you know, if you ever get tired, if you ever feel like giving up and quitting, just think about what Jesus did. What He went through was way more than anything you'll ever go through or anyone will ever go through. Consider Him. And let me tell you something. That salvation that we have today, it was a big thing. When you asked Jesus to save you, you were asking for a big thing. And if you go to Christ and say, oh Lord, I want salvation. You go to Him like the prodigal son. You know, Give me salvation that comes to me. Lord, go ahead. Right. You're going to get saved. You have to call on the Lord. Fine. I'm going to call on the Lord. Lord, give me the salvation that I am entitled to. No, you have to realize you're a sinner, don't you? Before God can save any of us, we have to realize that we are a sinner. We have to realize that we do not deserve that salvation. You've got to realize that Jesus Christ paid for your sins. And when you'll realize those things, then you are able to come to that place where you can call on the name of the Lord for salvation. And this woman, Jesus is trying to teach her that. And so what did He do? He told her the truth. You're a dog. And you know what? She didn't argue with Him. She didn't deny it. You know what she did? She threw himself at His mercy. And that's the thing. We need, to be, we need to be getting that message out. You don't deserve to go to heaven. You deserve to go to hell. You better throw yourself at the mercy of Jesus Christ. we got people all over this world and all over this country and in our own town that are going around trying to work their way to heaven, trying to think they can be good enough to go to heaven. Somebody needs to tell them that they're dogs. Somebody needs to tell them they're heathens, that they're wicked, that they're sinners, that their only chance of getting into heaven is begging for the mercy of God. Asking for His mercy. That's the only way you're going to get it. And so, you know, somebody's trying to defend Jesus. Yeah, she was a dog. 
before he could bless her, she had to understand her place. And notice too, I would bring this up. Notice she got what she asked for. You know, we forget about she got what she asked for. But you know what? Just because God gives something, it doesn't mean He thinks they deserve it. Okay? Romans 10.13, it just says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who call on Him, He will save. He chose to save those who believe. That was His choice. God gave all judgment to Jesus Christ. He chose that He was going to save those who believe. Not those who deserve. Those who believe. And it is very clear this woman that comes to Jesus believed that He could heal her daughter. She's calling after Him. She's crying after Him. Jesus is ignoring her. Jesus isn't paying any attention. He's going along. The disciples are like, you know, Jesus, send her away. And that woman, she just she got to Jesus and is just begging Him. Why? Because she believed that He could heal her daughter. That He could get rid of that devil. And sure enough, Jesus did it. And if you're going to be saved, you've got to believe that Jesus Christ can save you. You've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. And if you don't, you're not going to be saved. He that believeth not is condemned already. And notice also in this story, and this is what I really want you to get, what this woman ended up getting, okay? I mean, after all you know, these inflammatory remarks Jesus said, after this Jewish supremacy you know, that Jesus is seeming to be pushing right here and advancing, notice the very thing that He gave this woman that supposedly He was being racist to, that He was discriminating against. Notice she got what many Jews did not get. Think about that. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 28 in the story. Then Jesus, this is after he said, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see, the reason Jesus came to this earth, it wasn't to just to heal people physically. It wasn't just to do physical things. It was to heal them spiritually. And there's only one way that you can get healed spiritually. There's only one You have to have faith. And here we see this woman who clearly was a wicked woman. She has great faith and the Lord healed her daughter. And then look what look at Matthew chapter 8. Turn over to Matthew chapter 8. And verse 5. It says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto Him a centurion beseeching Him, and saying, Lord, My servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come under My roof, but speak the word only, and My servant shall be healed. Why did he say I'm not worthy? Look, this man was a centurion. He was a Roman. He was not a Jew. He sees Jesus going around doing all these things amongst the Jewish people. And here He comes like, man, I'm an outsider. I'm somebody. I'm actually an enemy of Israel. I'm an enemy of God's people. I'm not worthy. But man, he believed Jesus could heal his servant. And so he went and he was ashamed to even have Jesus come under his roof because he knew he didn't deserve it. He probably knew he had a bunch of Roman stuff all over his house. Maybe he had some idols and stuff in there that he was embarrassed to have Jesus see. And he's like, I don't want him coming there. I don't deserve that. But look at what Jesus said about that. 
He, or, um, you know, so he tells him, you know, just say the word and he'll be healed. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. It is clear that there were many Jews that did believe, many Jews that got saved, but for the most part, as a nation, they did not have faith. They did not believe. They ended up killing Jesus, putting Him on a cross, rejected Him. And even after His resurrection, even after the Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell, they still rejected the preaching of Jesus Christ. They still rejected salvation. And this woman that Jesus made all these statements that you know you and I cringe when we see this because we're from America and we're you know we're taught you know how to be politically correct and how to be you know sensitive to everybody's you know little things that they have but you know Jesus didn't do that Jesus just told the truth like it was he just laid it all out there and it's very clear that what Jesus did he was not racist we we know that he did not have hate he was not he was telling the truth and we see that what he gave this woman was something that most of Israel did not get. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Why? Why did the Gentiles get it? And Israel did not get it. The Gentiles weren't looking to be righteous. The Gentiles were looking to do their own thing. The Gentiles were looking to just do whatever they wanted to do. They were wicked. Israel, the Jews, they were trying to be righteous. They were following the laws of God. They were doing good. And you're saying that those people who weren't even looking for righteousness found it and those who were looking didn't find it? Wherefore? Why? How did they? How did the Gentiles get it and the Jews didn't get it? Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. And it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You all see that? They thought it was about works. They didn't have faith. They stumbled at a stumbling stone, at that rock of offense. You know who that rock of offense was? You know who got offended? The Jews got offended by Jesus. Jesus Jesus is offensive. We see that in the Bible. But the ones who offended to fall were the very ones that Jesus said, I'm not coming to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They didn't get it. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe. They thought they were so great. They thought they were so superior. When John the Baptist came along preaching... He don't say not to yourself, you have Abraham as your father. God is able to be stones to raise up children unto Abraham. They thought they were too good. What do we need to repent for? We're good. We're righteous. We're holy. But you know what? There's a whole world of people outside of Israel that we see in the book of Acts getting saved by the multitudes. Why? Because they had faith. Because they, they believed. And the thing is, what Jesus was saying to this woman... okay. Don't get me wrong. What he told her was absolutely true. Okay? But he was also, he's making it clear because she needed to see her state before she could get saved, and she got it. She figured it out. The Jews, they couldn't see that. Jesus said mean things to them too. He called them, you know, whited sepulchres, and he, you know, had mouths full of dead men's bones. I mean, he called them all kinds of things. He called them vipers. You know, 
He told it like it was to them too, but they couldn't see it. They weren't able to see that hey, I don't deserve this. And therefore, they didn't get it, but people like this Greek woman did get it. And it said, and so, you know, right here, what we've got to, what we've got to realize today, what we've got to teach people, let's stop trying to make Christianity and Jesus look hip and cool. Let's tell the truth. People are not going to get saved if they don't realize that they're a sinner. People are not going to get saved if they think they deserve salvation. They're not going to be blessed. They think they just deserve the blessings. They're entitled to these things. We have to tell the truth about these things. And you know, and after you know, I can just picture you know, after driving the reporters crazy with statements like I've just said, you know, questions are probably going to come up. So, do you think you're not a dog? It's probably one of the ones would come up. You know, do you think that you're better than Gentiles? And you know what? The, you know what the proper answer would be if somebody said, "You think you're better than Gentiles? You think you're better than the heathen?" You think you're not a dog? Say, absolutely. Oh, shame on you! You know Jesus doesn't judge. You know which isn't that's clearly not in the Bible either. But wait, you know how could you say that? My answer would be yes. I am better, not because of who I came from physically, but because of who I came from spiritually. I used to be a Gentile in the flesh. Ephesians 2.11 Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. What does that mean? If it was in time past you were a Gentile in the flesh, that means we're not anymore. Not a Gentile anymore. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. The circumcision, the Jews, those uncircumcised people, they are not one of us. They are different. Those are the outsiders. They're the dogs. They're the bad guys. You who used to be called those things. You who used to be the outsiders. Verse 12, that at the time ye are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You know, I'm thankful that I was born in America and I'm an American citizen and I've not had to worry about citizenship, citizenship stuff, that I've not had to be an alien. I'm glad I haven't had to deal with that stuff. You know that that would be difficult. Some people have had to deal with it, and it's a good feeling when you get it all taken care of and you become a citizen. It's always an exciting thing when that when that happens. Okay, and it's a long, hard process in America to do that too. Donald Trump's going to fix it all. All right, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. But anyway, at the same time, that really doesn't matter as far as eternity is concerned. But when it comes to being an alien from the Commonwealth of Israel. It used to be impossible. Man, you couldn't help where you were born. But now, because Jesus Christ broke that down that middle wall of partition, we who were once aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers for the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You all see that? I'm not that anymore. I'm not a Gentile anymore. I'm not a heathen anymore. I'm not, I'm not those things anymore. I am in Christ. I am a spiritual seed. I'm the seed of Abraham. Not, you know, well, you're the spiritual seed, not the physical seed. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Because the spiritual seed is the ones that get the blessing. The spiritual seed is the one that God gave the promises to that we see in Galatians, not the physical seed. We see that. And so, you know, I'll take it. 
I'd rather be where I'm at. Where I'm at spiritually than where they're at physically. They didn't get it. Why? Because they didn't have faith. And we see in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. You see, I used to be a heathen spiritually before, before I believed. But when I did like the Syrophoenician woman did, and I realized that I was a sinner and I called on the Savior, He saved me and made me one of His. And I'm special today only because of Him. Not, not because of me. I'm special because of Him. And do you all understand what you need to realize is when the world talks about you know racism and discriminating and all that stuff today, what they are really trying to do is trying to say, you know, all lives, all religion, all ways of life are all equal. And the only ones that are bad are the ones that are against the other ones. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is way different than the rest of this world. He's holy. We're all sinners. He came and He died for us and we can be one of His. We don't have to stay a dog. He can change us. He can make us one of His if we will just realize who we are. And so it's very clear that while the world would interpret what Jesus said as Jesus hates all Syrophoenician, Jesus hates all women, Jesus is racist, all those things, He's not. And you know what? We're not today either. We're accused of being the racist ones because we believe that Buddhists and Muslims and Jews are on their way to hell. But at the same time, they don't stop and realize, wait a minute. We also believe God will save them. God can save them too if they'll believe on Him. And we can't back down from this. We've got to tell the truth. I'm not. I'm not saying we got to be ignorant. You know, the Bible says we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I'm not saying we got to cast our pearls before swine and things like that. But we do need to tell the truth. Nobody's going to get saved if they don't realize that they're a sinner. Nobody. They've, and nobody's going to get saved unless they call on Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And we can't back down. We've got to just tell it like it is. And we've got to let the world know, hey, this is your place. You're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. And you better call on the Lord for salvation. And He will He will save them. We love talking about the love of God. But if we're telling everybody how great they are, then why wouldn't God love us? Who wouldn't love me? You ever know somebody like that? You know, Who, who wouldn't love me? Who would think, I, hey... God wouldn't love us because we're, we're wicked, we're sinful. He shouldn't love us, I guess I should say. But He did. Why? I don't know. That's one of those things that I don't know if we'll ever understand until we're like Him one of these days. That It's called grace. It's called mercy. He was rich in mercy. He had to overlook life. He had to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die and pay for our sins because it was. It was we're that bad, folks. And so... Understanding our place, it's it's gonna it's gonna make a big it's gonna make a big difference when it comes to the blessings of God. Listen, you ought to try to do good, to earn rewards and to be blessed. But you know what? Can when our righteousness is like a filthy rag, do we really think we can earn blessings? Why don't you just do your best and beg for mercy? Well, even if you're saved, we ought to be begging for mercy all the time. You know, even if you're saved today, you know, you all still deserve to. Die and go to hell with your back broke. 
But you know what? God's merciful to us. And let's just keep asking for it. It works. Doesn't it? It works. Remember the rich man, that one Jew, that righteous man that came to Jesus and said, you know, all these commands have I kept from my youth up? That guy went away lost, didn't he? He's thinking, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, yeah, he's going to tell me I've already got it. But you know what? He went away sorrowful. He didn't give it. He didn't have faith. But all those people who came and just wept and cried and begged, those are the ones that got salvation, weren't they? Not the guy praying, you know, I fast twice a week, I do all these things. It's the guy who smote his breast and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. The publican. Those are the people they get saved. Those are the ones who get it. And you know, those lost sheep of the house of Israel, not too many of them got it, but we see a whole lot of Gentiles getting it. Why? Because they had faith. And so we need to we need to spread that to the world. So they we we want to see more people get saved. So with that, let's all stand together.